Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Greenbook TMS Inc. First Quarter 2020 Results Conference Call and Webcast. All lines are currently on mute to prevent any background noise. I would like to remind you that this conference call is being recorded today and is also being webcast on the company's website at www.greenbookstms.com under the Investor section, Events. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. Analysts and investors are reminded that any additional questions can be directed to the company at investorrelations at greenbooktms.com. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on the information currently available. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual results of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from current expectations are disclosed under the heading Risk Factors in the company's annual information form dated March 10, 2020, and in the company's MD&A for the period ended March 31, 2020, which are available on CDAR and on the company's website. Any forward-looking statement speaks only as of the date on which it is made, and the company disclaims any intent or obligation to update any forward-looking statements unless required by law. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Bill Leonard, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenbook TMS, and Ernst Lubster, Chief Financial Officer. Go ahead, please, Mr. Leonard. Thank you, Amy, and thank you to everyone for joining our conference call and webcast today. We are very pleased with our strong quarter one results, despite the challenging operating environment imposed by COVID-19 pandemic late in the quarter. We continue to experience strong year-over-year growth at both our existing and newly established centers. Quarterly consolidated revenue for Q1 2020 increased by 73% to $11.4 million as compared to $6.6 million in Q1 of 2019. We added eight active TMS centers this quarter with an additional 14 TMS centers in development. The total Greenbrook TMS network is now at 124 centers, almost twice as many as we had this time last year. As an essential business, all of our TMS centers remain open to both current and new patients. As we navigate through this unprecedented and challenging period imposed by COVID-19 pandemic, we are taking all possible steps to safeguard the health and well-being of our patients, employees, and physician partners while continuing to deliver the highest quality of patient care to patients. Our patients have responded very positively to the safety measures we have taken, and we are fortunate that our center setting, by its very nature, enables us to control patient safety easily and practically. Even with all the provisions we put in place, the uncertainty of COVID-19 led us to experience a decline in treatments and new patient starts towards the back end of this quarter and thus we expect revenues for Q2 2020 to be lower by 20 to 25% compared to Q1 2020. We have taken various steps to mitigate the financial impact of this decline 
or as I might say, by slowing down of our growth directory. These steps include changes to staffing and salary reductions, but more significantly, we have reduced areas of discretionary spending such as travel, marketing, and all of our development activities. Our focus has not been simply in reducing costs, but expanding our ability to interact with patients during these challenging times. I'm very proud of the many initiatives that we have put in place to expand our ability to communicate with patients and potential patients virtually. For example, we now have the ability to offer both a TMS therapy consultation and a pre-assessment via a virtual platform. We also recently piloted a virtual support group to past, current, and potential patients who are dealing with mental health issues during these times that was extremely successful. Lastly, several of our medical directors were featured throughout the Greenbrook TMS footprint on public service announcements providing mental health guidance during this pandemic. The strong leadership of our doctors and our ability to support their efforts in the community have shined very brightly during this difficult time. I am happy to tell you that our efforts are making a difference. We believe the decline is temporary and we are already seeing, starting to see an increase in patient starts and inquiries across the majority of our centers. And now for a more detailed review of the company's financial and operating performance, I will turn it over to our CFO, Ernst Lubscher. Thank you, Bill. Um, as well mentioned, we continue to drive strong growth in revenue with consolidated revenue up 73% to 11.4 million in Q1 2020. This is up from 6.6 .6 million in the comparative quarter of 2019. This also represents an acceleration of the year-over-year -year growth rates that we've realized in fiscal 2019. Um, revenue did either decrease by 9% compared to Q4 2019, and this is due to normal seasonal factors in addition to the impact of COVID-19 late in the quarter. Continued investment in in-region density and early, market, early quarter market growth produced same region, strong same-region sales growth of 29%. Average revenue per treatment increased 6% to 238 in Q1 2020, up from 225 in the comparative previous quarter. This in increase was mainly as a result of the expansion into higher reimbursement regions, including the acquisition of achieved TMS. As Bill mentioned, we do expect that revenue for Q2 2020 will decline by between 20 and 25% due to COVID-19. We have implemented several cost mitigation strategies to address this impact, including a furlough of approximately 20% of the company's employees, a company-wide hiring freeze, a 10% salary deferral by our executive management team, a significant reduction in planned discretionary spending and a slowdown of development activity, which we hope will be temporary. Moving to regional operating income. Regional operating income increased by 18% to 700,000 in Q1 compared to 600,000 in, in Q1 2020. Inclusion of eight newly active TMS centers and 14 TMS centers in development. New centers provide downward pressure, pressure to this metric until they mature and contribute to their region. The regional operating income margin was 6.5% in Q1-22 as compared to 9.5% in Q1-2019. Despite some downward pressure on margins due to the seasonality, COVID-19 and development, we remain profitable at both the center and regional level. With respect to corporate G&A, 
we are starting to scale into our business infrastructure and continue to expect corporate GNA growth to slow. In Q1 2020, corporate GNA increased to 3.9 million from 2.3 million in, the, in Q1 2019, primarily due to investments made in fiscal 2019 and acquisition of Achieve TMS. This increase in, in corporate GNA is significantly lower than the 123% increase that we experienced through fiscal 2019. The growth in revenue is all, the growth in revenue also eclipsed the growth rate in aggregate corporate costs in this quarter. Furthermore, cost mitigation strategies in response to the COVID-19 pandemic are also expected to reduce our corporate um, GNA growth going forward. From a balance sheet perspective, due to continued velocity of development, the accounts receivable increased slightly, slightly to 11 million in Q1 2020, up from 10.1 million in Q4 2019, with eight active TMS centers added in the quarter. The company has, however, already started to realize the benefits of the enhancements made to the billing and reimbursement system in fiscal 2019. We expect our new scalable billing platform to continue to enhance the cash conversion cycle as we move through fiscal 2020. As of Q1 2020, we had approximately 3.2 million in cash on hand. On April 21, we received an unsecured loan of approximately 3.1 million under the United States Paycheck Protection Program. However, at this time, we continue to assess our eligibility for this loan and other federal programs as federal, federal authorities continue to update relevant policies, policies and guidelines, some of which have a retroactive effect. On May 6, 2020, we announced an overnight market offering of common shares for gross proceeds of a minimum of 14 million and a maximum of 18 million Canadian. The net proceeds from the offering will fund operating activities and other working capital requirements, effectively strengthening our balance sheet in the current uncertain economic environment. Moving to our core operating metrics, as of the end of Q1, the total number of TMS centers increased by 85% to 124 from 67 a year ago, as Paul mentioned. Of the 124, currently 110 centers are active and contributing to revenue. The number of consultations performed increased 64% to 2,360 compared to Q1 2019. We also increased the number of TMS treatments performed by 63% to 47,970 over Q1 2019. Patient starts increased by 58% to 1,326 compared to Q1 2019. Our forward-looking indicators were skewed down by the COVID-19 pandemic late in the quarter, continuing into April, which will likely result in weaker treatment volumes in Q2 2020, as I previously mentioned. As Bill mentioned earlier, we have seen positive sentiment in the past couple of weeks, and we still expect to drive year-over-year -year growth in Q2020 despite the decline in revenue, and expect to drive continued strong year-over-year -year growth for the remainder of fiscal 2020 as market conditions normalize. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Ernst. We're currently going through an unprecedented and challenging period with the COVID-19 pandemic, and I am extremely proud of the resilience of our business has shown. Our exceptional team has worked tirelessly to continue to deliver the highest quality of care at all of our TMS centers in a time where the unmet need for mental health services is more important than ever. If there's one thing that's become clear throughout this process, it is the extent to which our services are valued by both patients and providers. I am confident that our business will emerge even stronger as market conditions normalize 
and the need for mental health support will be at an all-time high. Furthermore, despite a slowdown of development activity, our development pipeline is stronger than ever and prime for expansion when market conditions allow. As always, we're happy with the difference we are making in the lives of our patients and their families, with now over 11,000 patients treated and over 420,000 procedures performed throughout Greenbrook TMS centers. We look forward to keeping you updated on the progress of the company throughout 2020. Thank you for your time today. And with that, operator, we will now take any questions. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please go ahead and press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that's star, then one to ask a question. Your first question today comes from the line of Noel Atkinson of Clara Securities. Please proceed with your question. Uh, good morning, guys, and uh, thanks very much for taking our questions. Um, I just have a couple. Uh, are there any? Has there been any change in the number of active centers since March 31st? Um, yes, they, we've brought um, a few additional active. I think two, two additional. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, are you folks able to talk at all about you know pockets of regional strength? Uh, um, you know, in terms of recovery so far, and just sort of anecdotally in your key markets, what you're seeing for just that more general op reopening of the economies. Um, so, so, sure, no. Right um, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll take the question. Um, sure, no. Um, so, in terms of uh, the 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 impact of uh, COVID-19, really, it started with the California uh, market on the West Coast first back in early March. Um, so we got a sign of what was to come in terms of the messaging of state by state in terms of government mandates. So as states were locked down and there were hot spots in terms of um, infections and deaths, uh, that obviously kind of restricted the growth of business. But as centers started to loosen up, um, specifically in the West Coast, which was, which was started earlier, we started to see uh, patients rebound. A lot had to do with um, the messaging we put in play. A lot of the work we did where we start to see our trends start to go upward had to really let patients know that it was important to um, treat your mental health, um, have, have continue on with your efforts. And it was interesting because our messaging uh, had to really make them understand that even though there were shelter in place guidelines by state government, we had to kind of push forward the CDC guidelines of continuing to work on your mental health. So that played a big role in patients starting to respond to us and as we talked about in, the, in our call earlier, the patients really were appreciative of us um, really being open and being there for them during their uh, mental health crisis and need. Okay, great. All right, thank you. Your next question comes from the line of David Martin with Bloom Burton. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, so your center level margin was a bit lower than recent quarters and perhaps not unexpected because of the uh, revenue impact uh, due to COVID at the end of March. I, I'm wondering, I, I, towards the end of March, were you able to start trimming your staff at that point um, in response or did that not start to happen until April? So yes, you're absolutely right. The, the, the downward pressure on the margin is, is two tier. Uh, we, we generally see that with the decline um, in revenue due to seasonality and then 
we had the added effect of COVID-19 late, late in the quarter. So that's really what put the pressure on, on the margin. Um, and our cost mitigation measures, as we announced, kind of a, 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 the various ones I've gone through, um, has really, were really started taking place in, in April um, and to a full extent going into May. So um, there was some, some, some curtailment that we could do in, in marketing late in March, but we're really going to see the impact only in Q2. Okay. Um, thanks. Second question. Um, when you talk about the um, the number of procedures expected to go down 20 to 25 percent, and the pressure that you've seen already, how, how much of that can you quantify? Is the slowing of new starts versus um, patients that had already started, uh, you know, not coming in for their treatments? Yeah, David, it, it really ties to new patient starts. Um, interestingly, patients that were in treatment with us uh, during the COVID times and even past patients who were coming back for retreatments were very comfortable with our model. So well, I think we've, we saw less than a 3% decline in people exiting from their current treatment sessions uh, during COVID, uh, even with the state-by-state -state mandatory shelter-in-place messaging. So it really had to tie into um, new patient starts. Okay, uh, great. Last question. Uh, you mentioned several services that you can do over a virtual platform. Are, are those billable services or are they things just to keep potential future patients uh, kind of warm until, uh, you know, they want to start coming in again? A portion of them are billable services like the uh, pre-assessment. And then as far as the support group goes, that is relatively brand new for us. We piloted it uh, actually a, a week ago and had a great response. Um, it really showed our leadership position. Again, that was a virtual support group that was to current patients, past patients, and uh, potential patients who are suffering from mental health. Um, so that is more of kind of a done for um, both community support and really uh, shows a Greenbrook leadership position in that community. But we do have the ability to bill for some of those uh, tactics we put in place. Okay, thank you. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please go ahead and press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Justin Keywood with Steeple GMP. Please proceed with your question. Good morning and thanks for taking my call. Do you have an update on the number of centers that you plan to exit 2020 at? I believe 140 was a goal prior. Does that still remain with COVID-19? Hey, thanks, Josh. It's Bill. Um, I, I think with the, what we've done is we've really put a pause on development, and obviously development will take an opportunity to look back on that as the markets start to open up again and market conditions change. Um, we still expect to do some development in the year. That, that may vary slightly in terms of reaching that 140, really due to um, the current kind of pandemic we're going through and our curtailed development. But again, more importantly though, with that, we believe we're in a position now stronger than ever in terms of our pipeline for growth when, we, when market conditions return. Right. And, and are you getting increased inbounds as far as acquisition opportunities? Are, are multiples coming down? Um, I, I will tell you that uh, over the past month, uh, I've, I've fielded more calls on uh, just dialogue regarding 
potential opportunities than I've ever had within the organization. So I think, uh, you know, everyone realizes that, uh, you know, Greenbrook still has the ability to operate in difficult times. We've proven that. Um, and I think this has been a challenge for some of our competitors. So we, uh, we like where we're going to, we like our pipeline of development, and we think there's going to be some great opportunities uh, in the future. Okay. And are you seeing any impact on reimbursement as the result of COVID-19? Uh, mental health is obviously a focus right now. Do you anticipate, you know, broader or more favorable coverage as a result? Justin, yeah, um, thanks for the question. We, we haven't seen any impact on reimbursement. Um, frankly, our, our uh, relationship with Fed has been really good. And as I, as I reported, we've, we've seen a continued upward trend in, in average reimbursement with um, mostly jurisdiction-based. Having that said, said that, we are, we are embarking on, on opportunities to, to renegotiate and, and try and strengthen our rates as we, as we expand our footprints and, and we treat more patients from specific insurers. That gives us more uh, leverage to, to negotiate rates. So that's an ongoing process, but we haven't really seen any, any, any sort of change other than the upward trend due to jurisdiction, jurisdictional reasons uh, for the moment. Okay, thank you. And then one last one, if I may. On the billing system, are there any more investments required or has that system now been optimized? So as it relates to the billing system, that's been optimized and running really, really well. Um, we, we've, we're finishing up, the, the, as I would put it, the final touches on it, but, but I'm, I'm really um, happy with the scalable platform that we have now, now in place. Um, in, in terms of the future, what we can look at is, is kind of enhancing kind of our EHR platform potentially, um, would, which would, would require additional investment. But as it relates to billing and reimbursement, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the scalable um, platform we have now that, that uh, kind of bodes well for the future um, cash conversion cycle. Okay, thank you for taking my questions. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Justin. Your next question comes from the line of Tanya Gonslavs with Canaccord Genuity. Please proceed with your question. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, well, my questions were actually answered. I just have one more left. Um, in terms of how your corporate G&A is split out, could you give me an idea of how much of that rep is represented by employee compensation? Um, in terms of, let me just pull up the specific numbers for you. Um, it, it's, it's illustrated in kind of our notes in the, in the financial statement. So of the, of the 3.9 million that we um, that we uh, had in Q, Q1, about 2.6 was salaries and related staffing costs. Great, thank you. That's all for me. Your next question comes from the line of David Martin with Bloom Burton. Please proceed with uh, your question. Uh, thanks for taking the uh, two more. Um, you know, going back to last year, you were having some problems in some of the new regions onboarding payers. Are, are there any lagging issues now, or are you happy with uh, the situation? So, uh, David, as we as we mentioned, like implementation of the new billing system um, also went hand in hand with restructuring kind of our, our, our billing platform to statewide billing, um, and and that's really helped us with the credentialing processes. 
Um, as we as we mentioned uh, previously, the, the the lag really comes from the, that initial setup with the with the entity, the professional practice entity tax ID to get to get credentials. And um, with most major payers, we we now through that hurdle. Um, so it's been it's been smoother sailing for sure. Um, so we, we we don't anticipate um, credentialing is always is always kind of a a, a a challenging and complicated process. But we we don't anticipate seeing the problems we had in in 2019 um, again. Okay, great. And kind of related. Um, now that you got the billing system up and going. Do you expect your days of accounts receivable to come down further, or are you happy with where they are now? Um, as, I, as, I, as I previously mentioned, we've seen we've seen them come down, and they're hovering around kind of the 90-day 90-day um, mark at the moment. Um, as we add new centers, um, the, by by default, initially we do run that around 120 between 90 and 120 days. So. Um, it will be skewed up by development activities, but as um, as we the, the ultimate target is to get that down um, below the 90 days with with and, and this is this is a few of, uh, potentially even a year down the line, but but going towards that 60 days is the target, and that's where we see mature mature centers operate between kind of 50 and 60 days. Okay, thanks. That's it for me. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. And there are no further questions in queue at this time. I turn the call back to the presenters for any closing remarks. Again, thank you for your time. We look forward to updating you in the future. Um, stay healthy, and uh, we'll, we'll be back in touch with you soon. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.